Hey, uh, welcome. I was just saying, it's strange for me to actually talk to people again. I'm glad you're watching in the Fellowship Hall or at home. And uh, this morning, we're continuing our series called Uncertain Certainty. You know, there, there's been a lot of things that have been uncertain lately, like if Josh is going to turn on his microphone when he gets on the stage. But, but one of the things that is certain is that Jesus is still in control. And so we're looking to him. And uh, we've been praying to him, but have you noticed that sometimes, even as we already talked about, when you pray, God says no, or he doesn't answer maybe the way you think he should, or that you hoped he would? Well, we're going to talk about those things this morning, and if you've got your Bible, just open up with me to Matthew chapter 7, and uh, before we get going, let's just read through our passage together this morning. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Jesus is is teaching and he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. He goes on, he says, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law of the prophets. Well, uh, as we work our way through this, some, uh, maybe, did you recognize that passage, by the way? Uh, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. And uh, sometimes we hear that and we go, I don't know if that's really my experience. Have you ever had that? I've, I've asked, I've sought, I've knocked, and God didn't answer the way I wanted. Well, uh, we're gonna unpack this a little bit this morning and, and talk about just uncertain answers how God answers prayer, how we should pray. And some, when they, when they read this, like in verse seven, uh, they dissect Jesus' words here to try to figure out all the differences and all the nuances between asking and seeking and knocking. And there are some differences there. Maybe we'll talk about those a little bit this morning, but I don't really think that's the main point of what Jesus is saying. He's just using a synonym for prayer here over and over three different times. Ask, seek, and knock. They're all telling us to pray. And if you you want to break it down, you might just say that Jesus is telling us to pray diligently. He's giving us three different examples of how to pray. And so here's the question of the day, though, today. When Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Here's the question of the day. Do you believe him? Do you believe him? Do you really believe that he's going to do that? Well, as as we get moving this morning, the first thing I want you to know is that God hears and answers prayer. He hears and he answers prayer. Now, uh, this is the reason he tells us to ask and seek and knock. Why? Because God's faithful to answer us. He hears us and he answers us. And 
Jesus states it in such a way that it's just common knowledge. Like, hey, ask. Why? Because God hears and he answers. Seek. Why? Because God hears and he answers. Knock. Why? Because God what? Hears and he answers. It's just a given. I mean, Psalm 66, truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. I love that psalm because sometimes I feel like when God does say no or he pulls back and doesn't answer the way I want that, well, maybe, maybe he's pulling his love away from me. No, no, that's, that's my stinking thinking, right? That's not true. God hasn't changed his love for me. And again, do you believe this? Thomas Merton, he was a Catholic writer, kind of a mystic, but he wrote this about prayer and I thought it was good. He said, what's the use of praying? If at the very moment of prayer, we have so little confidence in God that we're busy planning our own kind of answer to our prayer. Sometimes, you know, you, you're praying, you, you just doubt that, that okay, yeah, I'll ask, but he's not really gonna answer this prayer, is he? And, and Merton's like, well, what's the use of praying if in the moment when you're even asking, you're already planning how you're going to answer your prayer? It doesn't make any sense. But Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. This raises a lot of questions for me. How about you? I mean, because uh, there's times I ask and I don't receive. There's times I seek and I don't find. There's times I knock and no door is opened. I mean, Jesus' words here, they just simply don't line up with my experience all the time. How about yours? I think we can all relate to that to some degree. And the reality is my experience, maybe in God not answering prayer sometimes, isn't unique. When we were talking over here about, uh, uh, you know, where it's, what's the time God said yes or a time God said no, I just, I reflected back on times praying um, for my dad when he had cancer and God didn't heal him. Or as Hannah and I have sought to have more kids and it didn't happen. And I don't think my, my experience is unique. I think we could all share stories about that, couldn't we? And, and so it, it kind of leaves us to conclude one of two things. Sometimes we think, well, that's just, just not true. I think Jesus must be lying. Except there's a big problem with that. God never lies. <laughs> And the Bible is really clear. God never lies. It says it over and over in scripture. And it's also very clear that Jesus is God. Therefore, Jesus can't, what? Lie. So that's out. That's not the right answer. Jesus isn't lying here. The second thing, though, sometimes I conclude is that, oh, well, then that promise must just not include me when I think about praying and God answering. It must, I mean, it's only for the super spiritual people, you know, like the pastors. Oh, Wait. It didn't work for him either. That works for Dave, but not Pastor Josh. Well, no, but see, even then, I mean, that's a faulty conclusion too, because do you know there's times even Jesus himself, he prays in the garden, and what does he say? Father, take this cup from me. But what happens? He doesn't. The father even says no to Jesus. So that's a faulty conclusion too. Jesus doesn't lie. It's faulty to say the promise just doesn't include me. So if Jesus can't lie and if his promises do include me, that God does hear and answers my prayer, 
what's going on when I ask for something and I don't receive it? What's going on with those answers that I just, I have no clue. I'm totally uncertain. Well, I think, I would throw out to you that I think God answers prayer in three ways. And you've, if you've been around here for any length of time, you've probably heard me say this before. Number one, sometimes what's he say? Yes. He says, yeah, I'd love to give you that. Here you go. Other times he says, no. And still other times he says, ask again later. Ask me again later. In other words, just wait. Now is not the right timing. Ask later. Uh, those are, the, re- those are the, w- the ways that God answers prayer. Now, uh, often his answers are two and three, more so than number one. And usually it has more to do with me than it does to do with God and with how I'm praying. So I, I thought it might be helpful for us just to review what are some reasons sometimes God says no, or he says, hey, ask me again later. What are some reasons for that? Well, let me give you a few. First, sometimes I ask for the wrong thing. It could simply be that I asked for the wrong thing. Uh, I mean, parents, you, you have kids, right? Uh, have they ever asked you for, um, this happens in our house, that's why I'm, I'm wondering, uh, or, or kids, have you ever asked your parents for like ice cream at eight o'clock at night, like right before bed? And what's the answer usually? Nope. (laughs) Why? Because you're asking for the wrong thing. It's almost time for bed. You don't need to be hopped up on sugar, right? So sometimes we ask for the wrong thing. And, And, you know, this shows up in scripture too. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they come up to Jesus and they said to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of like, like these guys, I'm like, yeah, I'd kind of like that too. You know, just whatever I ask, that, that Jesus would just do that for me. Anybody else in that camp? Yeah, 100%. Okay, and, and it goes on, and here's what they say. And Jesus said to them, well, what do you want me to do for you? See, he didn't just say, no, I'm not gonna do any." He's, like, well, what would you like? Tell me. And they said to him, uh, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. And then Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. You asked for the wrong thing. See, sometimes we just ask for the wrong thing. We don't even know what it is we're asking. And if God actually gave us that thing we asked for, it could be really bad news. Uh, Tim Keller wrote this in uh, uh, a book about walking with God through pain and suffering. He says this, he says, I prayed for an entire year about a girl that I was dating and wanted to marry, but she wanted out of the relationship. All year I prayed, Lord, don't let her break up with me. Of course, in hindsight, he says it was the wrong girl. I I actually did what I could even to help God with the prayer because one summer near the end of the relationship, I got in a location that made it easier to see her. And I was saying, Lord, I'm, I'm making this as easy as possible for you. I've asked you for this. I've even taken away the geographical distance. But as I look back, God was saying, son, when a child of mine makes a request, I like this, he says, I always give that person what he or she would have asked for if they knew everything that I know. I would always give them everything they asked for if they knew everything that I know. When we tell Charlie no ice cream at eight o'clock, there's things we know that he doesn't know. He knows it tastes good 
And it's fantastic. We know he'll be up till 9.30, <laughs> right? There's things that sometimes we ask for the wrong thing. Other times we ask in the wrong way. I asked in the wrong way. Sometimes that's why God doesn't say yes. Jesus' little brother James says, you ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. In other words, asking in the wrong way might mean that I ask for the wrong reason, that it's, it's for my glory and not his, that it's for my end game, not really to honor Jesus. Sometimes asking in the wrong way is just for the wrong timing. I mean, getting married is a prime example, right? Uh, often uh, people will, will, will pray. Maybe, maybe you got married right away out of college or out of high school. For me, I was much like Jesus. At age 34, I laid down my life for my bride and got married. But I'm ching. But, but here's the deal, right? Like I had prayed about that a long time and, and it was the wrong timing until God brought the timing along and brought Hannah along into my life. And then we were married. Some, it's often the wrong timing is why he says, doesn't say yes. S sometimes it's because I have sin to repent of. I, I need to repent and return to him. And he's not saying yes because he's more concerned with me coming back to him than he is with giving me uh, things that I ask for. It's a much greater blessing to me to return to Jesus than to get everything that I want. Well, uh, I asked for the wrong thing. I, I asked in the wrong way. Sometimes it just simply isn't God's will. Sometimes it's just not God's will. He's sovereign. We sang that this morning. He's in control. First John, John writes this. He says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything... This little line right here, right? According to whose will? His will. He hears us. According to his will. In line with what he would desire. You know, I told you earlier that God the Father said no to Jesus. I didn't read the entire or quote the entire thing he prayed, did I? Because Jesus said, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. He prayed according to the Father's Will. Sometimes it's just not God's will, the things that we ask for, and so he doesn't say yes. So how do I know how then to ask for the right thing in the right way at the right time according to God's will? How do I know how to do that? Well, God hears and answers prayer, so I would commend to you, abide in him and keep asking. Abide in him and keep asking. I must abide, that's the key. John 15, abide in me, Jesus says, and I in you. As the branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He goes on, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do how much? Nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Verse seven, check this out. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Abide in him and keep asking. When Jesus says, uh, ask, seek, knock, he's speaking 
an imperative. An imperative just means this like ongoing action. So you could rightly translate this as keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Keep on asking, keep on seeking. Sounds like a journey song or something, doesn't it? Keep, <laughs> don't stop believing. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. In other words, abide, remain, stay with Jesus. You know, it, it, when you actually compare Luke's account of Jesus telling or teaching this, it, when Luke records this in Luke 11, he says, uh, he said to them, which of you, see Jesus pre preceded this with a little story. He said, uh, which of you has a friend, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him from within. Don't, which of you would be like, don't bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I, I cannot get up and give you anything. And then uh, Jesus goes on, I tell you, though he will not give up and give him anything, because he's his friend, yet because of his impotence, he will arise and give him whatever he needs. That word impotence means to act with brazenness, with audacity, even potentially with a little bit of rudeness and courage. Jesus proceeds, ask, seek, knock with, hey, just keep knocking. Just, uh, you know, pester your friend until finally he answers the door, gives you some bread. Don't give up. Just keep going. Keep asking. How many kids, are you good at this? Mom? Mom? Dad? 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 Mom? Mom? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to pray. Turn that next time and just start praying. Just keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. See, uh, the writer of Hebrews tells us to ask with confidence. And God wants you to abide in him and keep asking. Now, we've spent a lot of time this morning uh, looking at, you know, maybe why God doesn't answer prayer or a little bit now even on how to pray. But I think there's something bigger going on here in, in Jesus' teaching to us on prayer. It's your view of the Father, See, uh, let's keep reading. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, it will be opened. But then look at what Jesus says right after this. Do you remember this? Uh, he goes, or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? See, I think the primary issue at stake here isn't how to pray or why God answers or why he doesn't. It's, it's really our view of God and to keep on asking. That Here's the deal. Here's what's true, friends. You, you should, God, God hears and answers prayers and you should abide and keep asking because he's a good dad who loves to give good gifts to his kids. He's a good dad who loves to give good gifts to his kids. I mean, uh, think about it. Even though we're sinful in our depravity, we still do some good things because we bear God's image. I mean, even the worst dad in the world, or maybe the second worst, if his little boy came up to him and said, Dad, can I have some bread? Can I have a piece of bread? He's going to say, here, here's a rock. Suck on this. 
Who's gonna do that? <laughs> or, you know, if, uh, if he asks for fish or for chicken nuggets, it's gonna be like, here, take my snake and hands him a live serpent. Who's, who does that? Jesus is like, if, if, if you who are evil do good things to your own kids, imagine God who's perfectly good, all the good things he does for his kids. So ask and seek and knock. He loves to give good gifts to his children. Now, if you have a bad father or a bad experience with your father, this might be hard for you to grasp. Because you're like, okay, this idea though, Josh, you don't understand, like going to my dad, my, my dad's a jerk. Like he was incredibly mean to me growing up. It, it, it's just a painful, painful relationship. Well, listen, uh, God the Father doesn't get his name from your dad. Your dad gets his name from God the Father. That's why he's called Father. He gets to share that name. And so it's not God the Father who's a bad representation of a dad. It's your dad who is a bad representation of a father, like God designed him to be. And so don't, uh, listen, let me just say this gently but firmly. Don't judge God by the image that your father portrayed if he didn't live up to who he should have been. And instead, listen to some attributes of God the Father, a good dad. Your, let me say that, your good dad. He's loving, even if your heavenly father wasn't loving your, or even if your earthly father, get that right, wasn't loving, your heavenly father is entirely loving. He's generous. He's faithful. He's gentle. He's strong. He's tender. He's a friend. He's wealthy. He's compassionate. He's caring. He's a provider. He's powerful. He's respectable. He enters into your world and he's relational with you. And he loves you. And when you come to him, he loves to give good gifts to his kids. When we ask according to his will, abiding in Jesus, God hears and he answers. And he's a good dad. Amen? Let me pray.